We are I. So this has been an absolute honor in the making the last two or three weeks. Uh, so Hale, who's been on the podcast before, which you all know really well, uh, reached out to me and wanted to start a, a podcast series to talk about unity. And I really feel personally that unity is something that we're drifting away from right now as much as we feel like we need to be drifting towards because we have a lot of uh, different aspects of our lives that are promoting um, segregation. And I feel like segregation doesn't necessarily um, grow or unity doesn't grow on segregation. When we're being taught to stay away from people, stay at home, you know, self-isolate. This is a very COVID-19, you know, mandate that people are starting to like change their lives into accepting a little bit more. So this is when you said to me, so Hale, the reason why you wanted to do this podcast series and what it was going to be about, why I thought it was just so vital for people to be hearing a different message. Because again, we don't hear nothing about health. We don't hear nothing about nutrition. We don't hear about how do you stay sane and how do you work on your mental health while being forced to stay alone and stay away from people. Like what are some of the strategies and some of the tools? And, and I really feel like this could be one of the best tools that people can use is how to nurture unity in a world where we're being told to stay away from each other. So welcome back to the show. So Hale, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for inviting me to participate and yeah. to have this wonderful different sharing, different perspective. Um, now, um, unity, I see it on three levels. Unity um, there is unity of, of our creation. The almighty creator of this universe, we call it in different names, God, Jehovah, different languages and different, but we know that there is a power outside us that is far greater than we can ever understand. So that's the unity of God, and we'll talk about it. Then there is the unity of man, human beings. We are on this planet, and what is the, the elements that are actually uniting us together? And then there is the third one, which is the unity of religion, which is our faith, our spiritual nature, and how we are connected together through various religion. But that actually, that all religions are one. So there is three principles, one God, one religion, one man. And so this perspective allows us to have a, a, a faith that we are actually moving towards unity, a much greater sense of unity that we have ever explored before. Humanity, if we look on a historical basis, we have grown to different ages of social progress. We have gone from infancy to a little bit more level of maturity, towards an adolescence. And now we are entering an age of maturity. So we have grown to different stage, stages of evolution. Like a child grows socially, also collectively, 
as a community, we are growing, we are learning. We are now, there were times we didn't have the internet of communication. So we were all isolated people and we were trying to live in villages, towns and so on, on our own way. But now we are tending towards a more global citizenship a more globalization. And so we have to start to look at ourselves no more as children or as adolescent. Adolescence is an age in which it's looking for a sense of identity. It's looking and it's a confused world. And everything is questioned and everything is upside down. And it, it's a search for something better. And so everything is kind of permitted, the good and the bad. <laughs> so in this, in this total confusion, there is a lot of tendencies and often our social media, our communication, our TVs, our newspaper, they are pouring a lot of stuff on us. They are basically hijacking our mind. They are driving us. They are manipulating us in thinking and believing things that could be completely wrong. And we end up finding ourselves in, in a position that we don't even recognize ourselves, how much we have been hijacked away from truth, from reality, from uh, things that otherwise would have been obvious to us that yes, I had the sense of what is right to what is wrong. Mm -hmm. We have lost a, what I call the stick of standard. <laughs> something that we can hold and say that this is the standard and I'm going to compare everything of my life into a standard that I can trust, I can believe. So that's where the importance of having education and educators that we can trust are there. And so how do we turn to those educators? So that's the, the, a little bit an introduction that we absolutely, humanity, we need educators. Now, who are these educators? Where do they come from? Are they really educators? Are they also going to misguide us <laughs> to another path without us even knowing that we have been <laughs> hijacked or not? So basically, if we look at the history of man for the last about 6,000 years, we can see that about every 1,000 years, the creator, and we will talk about that too, has sent us some people who have claimed that they actually had the voice of God in them who to tell us, do this, do that. And what is beautiful is that those who truly left a print on civilization are those who actually unified people around a noble goal, something that was higher, of higher value, higher nature, that to them to seek a better unity among their family, among the around the city, around the country, and now around the world. So we see that humanity has evolved step by step towards higher levels of unity, from family to tribe to city, to state, to, to provinces, countries, and now to the world. 
So we can see that historically, we have had examples of great educator, Buddha, Krishna, Zoroaster, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, um, so you uh, some of the major educators that have come to humanity and they have transformed the way we think, the way we act, and they have caught, been caused of civilization and unifying of people around beautiful, noble values. Now, humanity, we also have gone through these stages of evolution, but at the same time, sometimes when change was needed, we didn't go through it because now we were too cozy in our own old way of thinking that when change comes, we don't recognize the need for that change. And that's where suddenly we fall into a position of difficult prejudices takes over because we are too used of seeing one color of people, one color of country, one type of language, and we start to see division among ourselves. Things, it's like a garden. There is this beautiful diversity of flowers, but somebody who is too used to see only flowers uh, of one color says, I'm, I want only my gardener, but we know by natural, the way that we have been uh, inspired. And what education tells us is that diversity is actually beautiful and there is unity in diversity. So a garden that has many flowers is actually the beauty of that garden. This makes the garden beautiful. Now, a garden has also a tree. The tree now has branches and flowers. Now, the unity that is at the garden level, at the where each flower is separately growing, which is individually growing, now the tree shows us another example of unity in which branches have the same roots. So now we are more united because the roots are common to all of us. And always a higher level of unity, the example of a tree. And so we now are perceiving ourselves as one planet, one people. <laughs> and we are so slowly and slowly coming to that understanding that we are actually a one planet and this beautiful blue planet that we live in is actually inhabited by beautiful people. Beauty is in the eyes of the <laughs> viewer of the of person the holder, who yeah. sees um, the beauty. Yeah, the, of the holder, of the holder. So basically, we need to change our glasses and look at humanity as beautiful people. To not start to look at what divide, uh, the division divide us, but look at what is common in all of us and see is the division that is between us, is it because of our education? Or is it because nature made us to be different colors, different races, different origin, different education, different system, so that we actually should start to enjoy that diversity that we live in, rather than fear it and be afraid of it and cause the unfortunate 
confusion in which we live at this time. So this is an aspect that I like very much to reflect upon and see what is it that we can do. Talking is easy. The question is that, how am I going to transform myself? Now, remember, I grew up in an environment within a family, within a, a social structure, and I am the result of my education, of my environment. So now, how am I going to change myself if I want to be a better me? <laughs> so the question is the following, is that it's like a mirror that has some dross on it, some dust on it. The mirror itself cannot clean by itself its dross. It needs somebody from outside to come and clean it up. <laughs> it's the same thing than a candle. A candle cannot um, fire itself. It needs somebody to bring the light into it. The same way humanity, we need educators, we need education to be enlightened, to be illumined, to be educated. In a savage condition, in a forest, will not be able by itself create a whole civilization. It, it, civilization is an input of knowledge that is generated through many, many people helping each other. And then there's a greater wisdom that comes in. I like to address that greater wisdom that comes in this need for educator. And this is the beauty is that the almighty creator, he loves us so much and he wanted to show his love to us. And therefore, every 1,000 years, he sends us an educator that comes and takes us one step further in our education. It's like a school. The first one teaches A. The second one teaches AB. The third one, ABC. The fourth one, ABCD. Each one repeats the education of the before. Because without the prior education, you could not have gone to grade two if you didn't have grade one. You cannot go to grade six not having grade one, two, three, four, five. So you need this complementation, this supplementation, this additional education that build on each other until reaching a global civilization. So we need all these teachers. None of these teachers is more important than anyone else because without them, we would not gone through the steps so these teachers are actually considered, from my perspective, uh, you know, that I speak on the view of a Baha'i, that the Baha'i perspective is that all these teachers are actually coming from the same source. They come from the same God. And therefore, they are not any different from each other, but they only give according to the receptivity and the capacity of the people of their time. The professor knows it all. But the student is at a low level. So the professor speaks to the level of understanding and capacity of the student, not his level. Because if he talk to a baby, a language that is too advanced, the baby does not know what you're talking about. The same thing, these great teachers, this manifestation of God, the sons of God have come in and they have brought education and given only according to the capacity and receptivity of the people of their own time. But they had the full knowledge of everything. They knew everything. 
all these teachers, they had the knowledge that was coming from a greater source, the source that we call the Almighty God who knows everything. One day we will talk, we will talk later on about what, what is God. We have no clue what God is. God is the unknowable essence. So we will never know even. It's like, uh, and the painting cannot talk to the painter because the painter is at a lower level of intelligence than the painter who made it. The carpenter who makes a beautiful table, the table can never say thank you to the, to the carpenter because it's an, another level. We human beings, we have been created. So we cannot understand our creator. It's a completely different range of our understanding or capacity. We cannot even imagine it because the moment we start to imagine it, we are bringing down to our own little mind or comprehension. And that's not what. So basically we need these educators. They come because it's like a son, God being compared to a son. And the rays of the sun are bringing light to us. These rays come time to time on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. It's, it's, you can say it's the same light, but in a way it's a different day, but it's all coming from the same source. The source is unique, but the light, the days and night are changing but the light is the same. So these great teachers are like the rays of the sun and they bring the knowledge to man. We know the second that the light is up, if humanity was deprived of sunlight, everything will perish. And so is the knowledge that comes from this great force that we call God, the Lord, the spirit that gives us the power to breathe, to think, to reflect, to love, and to understand that we are actually flowers of one garden. We are coming from the same dust. And the same dust, this dust is not fighting against another dust. They are part of the same material that was created. So basically, we need educators and these educators are filling our spirit with knowledge about our body, knowledge about our mind, and knowledge about our spirit. The body is essential to be healthy, to be nutritious, to do exercises. This is fundamental because without a safe, sane body, a healthy body, you, you are not able even to think properly. You cannot even able to do the minimum action. So keeping our body healthy and safe is essential. Then we have the mind. The mind is whatever civilizations, um, administration, constructions, environment in which we are cha changing and shaping it. All this knowledge is also part of the education that these educators bring to civilization. Then we have the spiritual education. That spiritual education is fundamental. It's so fundamental that without that spiritual education, we are deprived of the most that makes a man a man. 
because our way of thinking leads to our action. And our way of thinking is very much, um, how would they say, um, is being shaped by the way that we have been brought in and our education and our spiritual education is fundamental. So I have talked a lot. Uh, do you have any question that you feel um, you want to address here? Yeah, you know, and this is like all these topics are something that um, that I discuss regularly with people because I actually think that we've had too many quote unquote educators in, in roles that again, have created segregation for decades, if not centuries. Like there's just been like, I know a lot of Christian people that I, that I know personally that I'm quite good friends with, but always there's this air of, you know, like if you were only Christian and I'm like, I don't have to be Christian to be able to be friends with you or to be able to have a difference of opinion. And then if you look at it, that I'm a little bit more uh, conservative politically than I am liberal, but that doesn't mean that I can't have a great conversation with the liberal or that we can't find common ground, but there's always the air of like, oh, if you were only liberal or, or if you were only conservative, you know, but I feel like when, if we have educators who are going to educate a population of how to be able to create unity, a very big part or a very big component of the beginning of this is that it doesn't matter if you're Baha'i or Christian or Catholic or liberal or conservative, a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese. It doesn't matter if you're um, Canadian. It doesn't matter if you're Russian. The foundation in the beginning of that conversation to me is the threshold of time it takes to understand that we're all just human beings. Like that's the beginning. And I always say to people that like, my goal is to be a good human being. My goal is not to be a good man. My, go my goal is not to be a good conservative. My goal is not to be a good um, podcaster or a fitness instructor. Like, I just want to be a good person. And I, you know, I do different things that I feel like help make me be a better person. And that's going to be my connection with people. Because again, I have friends who are Catholic, Baha'i, Christian non-denominational like and i don't want those to be barriers to how good our relationship can be i just want them to be like yes this is goes to show you the diversity you are the pink flower i'm the orange flower you're the purple flower but again we're all rooted on in the same dirt absorbing the same nutrients we just look differently and that's fine and that's okay but you don't have that like they're the very big piece that's missing now is is that you need to be this way and I personally feel that when people are allowed to be able to make decisions on their own that's what creates unity people have always searched for an environment where they can freely think freely express themselves freely be who they are they will absorb the education from people they will absorb their surroundings they will absorb things but but when we're told what to think i feel like that's and we're told how to act that's what creates the disharmony in our lives because if you're telling me what to think if if i come across someone who doesn't tell me the same message well i have to now decide whether or not they're right or wrong because this other person's been telling me that they are right this is the message you know, we see a lot of that with COVID-19 nowadays, you know, just as an easy reference for people. It's like, well, 
if you're choosing not to sit at home and only be around maybe one or two people, you are wrong. But then there's this other voice saying like, well, maybe that's not necessarily wrong if you're not in a vulnerable population. Now you haven't created unity, you've created disharmony. You know, and you know, when you look at all the things going on in the States with Black Lives Matter, um, the presidential race, COVID-19, you know, poverty, there's, there's so much division because we've been told that you, you have to choose one of these sides. You need to think this certain way, not as in when you listen to a podcast, when you watch the news, when you talk to people, it's more information out there. And I, as a responsible human being of this planet, will take that information in and then I'll use that to make good decisions. You don't need to tell me how to act. You need to, like I said, educate me on the variety, educate me on all of these different aspects to make me realize that these are just different components to life. You know, like I predominantly yeah. eat meat. Somebody else might predominantly eat a plant-based diet. These things are fine. You don't need to be me and I don't need to be you for us to have a great conversation, you know, and for us to have love for each no. other. Yeah, you know, um, I see life more as an integrated process that very naturally is growing and expanding. There is no, for example, when you are five years old, you very naturally grow to become six years old. There is no cutting and say that, no, I am going to stop and change my age and I'm going to jump from five to six. No, this is so natural. The same thing with the faith of God. There is no change of religion. We are growing in the same religion of God. The Baha'i faith is not, not the Christianity. The Baha'i faith is not, not <laughs> Buddhist. No, it's the same faith. It has no change. It's the faith of God that has no beginning and no end. It's Alpha and Omega. It, 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 that's why all faith that come, the true religion of God, they always say, I will be come back. For example, Christ said, when before Abraham was, I am. Meaning that even before <laughs> he was, the spirit of God was already there. And today it's still there. And he says, I will come back. When I come back, I have many things to tell you that you cannot bear it now. But when the spirit of truth will come, he will teach you all the truth, which basically means the spirit of God has no beginning and no end. It's like the age. You're changing, growing, naturally, naturally. It's the same faith. We are not changing religion. We are the same religion of God, but it changes because we human beings, we live in an environment of space and time. And for us, every time the, the sun comes in, we consider it a new day. <laughs> but actually, it's the same sun that never changes. We are, because we are moving, we see that, oh, there is a change. The creation of God is a continuous process. The evolution and the knowledge that comes is a continuous process. So we are not changing religion. I, I'm just explaining that because it's fundamental in our own heart to know as human being, it doesn't matter the name. The name is like a light. For example, I'll give you an example of a candle. 
The candle gives light. A flashlight gives light. An electrical lamp gives light. A bulb gives light. They all give light. It doesn't matter if it comes from a candle. Light is light. It comes from a flashlight, coming from the sunlight. It comes wherever the light comes from. It's it doesn't matter. The name that we attach to it, it's just a secondary thing. What is important is the message, the message of love, of unity, of understanding, of growth, of knowledge, of experiencing better and better environment, betterment of the world in which people live in a more harmonious society. The word religion comes from the Latin word relegare, which means rele means uniting together, harmonious. Gare means God. So that means the word religion was created with the purpose that we are here as one big thing and we are all united. That means together we are one, we are hard. So the per we appreciate our, our unity. So basically what I'm, I'm just, uh, um, that we, the child that passes from five to six, seven years old is, it's a natural process, educated to humanity. And after the high, and there's no end, no end, there's no, uh, stop in that progressive. But we are now progressing from the family to the tribe, to the city, to the country, and now to the world. And now we are soon reaching, the, according to the Baha'i principle, we have reached now the age in which we are just passing from the age of adolescence to the age of maturity. The age of adolescence is a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion a lot of disasters in the sense that we are living through the, because civilization, you know, there are two forces in the planet. There is a force of destruction and there is a force of integration construction. The forces of destruction comes with a purpose. If you have a puzzle that you are building together, making a puzzle, and the parts are wrongly put together, you have to take the puzzle out to put it back in the proper order. The injustices that are in the world are not bearable. It's not sustainable. The agriculture system in which we have, the food that we eat, everything in our system, we did it to the best of our knowledge up to today. But that knowledge was not complete. It was not perfect. And we are still not <laughs> perfect, but at least we have become uh, recognizant. We are becoming aware that some changes are needed to go to the next level of our unity building. And that's why the crises that are happening today are shaking the world, are putting apart the pieces out from each other because there's so much injustices that is ingrained into the systems that we have put to our best of our ability. <laughs> but still, it was our ability was not perfect. So we have created an environment in which we ourselves have difficulty to live in. Who else built the environment that we are living in? It's human beings. 
it, we cannot blame it on the tigers and the elephant that created this condition for human beings. No, human beings, we created our condition. Now we suffer from it. And now we have to come together and say that, okay, we can't bear it. The world, the climate change is not bearable anymore. The unsustainability in which we live, we cannot bear it anymore. We created, now we have to unravel it, undo it. And then think about building better models, better condition, better environment in which now we can aspire to. And so for me, the message that I have for people who see the desperation that is happening because of COVID or the, uh, the environmental condition that we live in is actually this condition are bringing an awareness or waking us up that we cannot sustain like that. This is not sustainable. We have to be more united. We have to be more helping each other. We are here. We created this condition in which we are suffering from. Now we have together be united so we can come out of it. And this principle of unity is the most fundamental principle. And the purpose of the new faith of God is unification of mankind, is the consciousness of the unity that we are one family, one planet. And so this will, this, this catastrophes that are happening around us are bringing us to a more level of understanding and raising in us the need for higher levels of unity. And it's breaking down unfortunate or unwanted <laughs> systems that we can't sustain anymore. So basically that's one aspect of the discussion. And we are going, you see, I said, Unity is inevitable. It's like war. We have been doing wars for how long now? You go look at the history of man. The moment that we're not happy, we are in a war mode. Well, the son of Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith, his name was Abdul Baha. He was a great man. And we're sharing now stories among ourselves. He said, basically, we have tried war for a long time. Now, for a short time, let's try peace. And if peace doesn't work, we can always go back to war. So it's basically saying that, okay, we are tired of these old fashioned thinking that are destroying our of love to, towards each other, our respect towards each other, these prejudices that are separating us. Let's try unity, let's try love and peace and friendship, if it doesn't work, we can always go back to the war <laughs> of the past of humanity's unfortunate experiences. So basically we are, whether we like it or not, these great days are awaiting for us. Amazing. The sunshine will be so warm and so welcoming. And the beauty is that the more we become aware of our unity, the more we will enjoy each other's company and support of each other. So we are going, it's like the light and, and the, you know, at the end of the tunnel is definitely very bright and very beautiful. So I look forward to the years to come. It's going to be a, a not so short <laughs> years, but some uh, years because the beauty is that, you know, 
talking is easy. It's what action are we actually doing every single day to actually go one step closer to the unity building. And the, I would like to maybe finish slowly our discussion that unity building is actually a step that we can all take on. And steps comes to reaching our family, our friends, building bridges, building more common uh, elements and starting to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Consultation is the most beautiful experience that humanity we have achieved. Over this evolution of 6,000 years, we have learned to be more consultative process where individualism is no more the main thing. We have learned to consult with each other, share different points of view, learn from each other different perspective. So if I would say the first step towards growing towards a greater unity is to practice the art of consultation, learning how to talk to each other. Consultation is a bit like we sit together and around the table. I put my ideas on the table. The moment that I have put my idea on the table, that idea does not belong to me anymore because I have expressed it. Now it's an idea that belongs to everybody. And we bring different perspective to that idea. And at the end, that idea completely may change completely. It, I may become even against my own idea that I put on the table because I learned so much from the diverse sources that that idea has grown up and becomes our. And this is where we <laughs> and not I and comes in, in which we together, we can now embrace a greater idea collectively because we have taken care of everybody's point of view and then we tend towards a greater source of unity. So what I'm saying basically is that the time has come in which we can do something for a better building society in which we consult with our friends, our family, our businesses and so on. We become more open-minded and consultative. And as we talk more, we are bringing greater and greater and greater number of people towards a common goal, a common destiny, a common objective, which is much richer than our own individual way of thinking and imposing our own personal view on that. And See, it, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hop in for one second. Like, so just give me one second. I'm gonna yeah, hop go in. ahead. Um, so but see, like this is a, a part of this is why I think that if we have leaders, these leaders who are designing kind of like our ideas, our thoughts, our futures, where the, the, the most responsible thing that I can think that they should say is go be with everybody. Go be with everybody around you and go find a bigger circle of people to be around. Go travel around to be able to understand who people really are. But they're not saying that. Like a, a lot of leaders have a message they want to promote because they want to be the person that everybody listens to. I have the message. I know what's best. Listen to me. But it's such a, a corruption of thought and emotion because we can all say, and you're, you're, I tell people about you all the time. And, and I think the reason why, one of the reasons why that you have the perspectives that you do is because 
you've traveled so much. You've been around so many different communities all around the world to be able to hear people's differences of thoughts and opinions and you're open-minded because you, you weren't just shoveled this information and said, every time you go to one of these communities, if you run into people who don't think like you based on what I've said, try to change their opinion to what I've taught you. You're open to people having different opinions and expressing different opinions. And that's what creates unity. But we find these small little pockets because we have these leaders saying, I know what's best for you. I know what's best for everybody. Listen to my singular message and that'll be the best. And it's not. And I think we are evolving as a species to understand that having one leader is not the best way to go. Traveling around and being educated by the people around you because, you know, I will have a lot more compassion for the person that I see that can't eat versus if I'm told, give me money because I will go find people who can't eat. It's like every Christmas, like, you know, I, with my team of people, we feed, you know, hundreds of people like every Christmas but I love it because I can see them eat. Like I actually feel this great connection with it. And I love that. And I'm way, way more apt to work harder, do more, put a way better foot forward and get more people help so they can see what I'm seeing too, because I've noticed it when people feel that sense, because they've got outside of the genericism of life is saying like, just give me this and I will do what's best for you and other people because I know it's best. It's like, no, no, I believe in people way more than that. We will do what's best for each other because there's this layer of compassion that we have. But if we don't allow ourselves to be able to flex the muscle of compassion, like how do you have unity? Because to me, when I look at unity, I need to be able to have compassion to understand that this person is different from me. This person's circumstances are different than mine. This person may not have chose to end up in the position that they're in, or they may perfectly well have, but there's nothing wrong with that. And if this person has ideas that are different than mine, it's like, well, why are they different? How are they different? You know, and that's, that's where I want to come from. And I, and I believe if we are left as adults or even as children, because that's how children are brought up. Like we, we say it takes a community to, or it takes a village to raise a child. But then we get to this certain age and we're just like, no, 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 it does not need to take a, a village or a community to be able to raise an adult. But we should really break that down and say it takes a village or a community to be able to raise a human being, no matter what their age, because that's the unity that you're speaking of. Like we, we offer children unity, you know, amongst it. it's like, go play with your friends, go be with this at all, go be with these different peers, you know, absorb it all in, take it all in, get your perspective life. But then we end up at this certain spot where we've coached ourselves down these roads saying that mindset stops. Now you get to this magical age of maybe 16 or 18 or 21 is saying, now you have to choose a side. Like what side are you on now? Are you on, you know, this side or that side? Are you willing to change sides? You can't have an amalgamation of thought because, you know, like I, I say to people, it's like, yeah, I'm very conservative in some areas, but also very liberal in other areas. Like I need a middle point to be able to identify with. And I feel like everybody is like that. Like I'm extroverted in some ways and I'm introverted in some ways. 
I love talking to people. Probably the reason why we're sitting here talking right now. But I also love my quiet time at night. Right. So I'm not like an introverted or extroverted. I'm just introverted in some areas and I'm extroverted in some areas. And that's okay. You know, and I, I feel like one of the hindrances of me being a better human being for myself, which allows me to be a better human being for other people, is because there's a big part of my life that said, you need to be this certain person. It's not like you can't be a little bit of everybody. It's like you, you, you know, like when I, I was brought up Anglican and then, you know, it's always like, well, I don't want to go to church anymore. And it was, you know, then you get to that awkward age where it's like, well, if you don't go to church anymore, then, you know, like, what are you following? What ethics you have? But I was never taught like, well, there's Anglican, there's you know, Christian, there's Catholicism, you can be Baha'i, you know, you can be Buddhist, you can be Sikh, you can be Hindu. Like, I was never taught that. And then now I know people who are Baha'i, Sikh and Hindu and Buddhist and Christian and Catholic. And I'm like, I love a little bit of you and a little bit of you and a little bit of you and a little bit of you. And that's how I identify. But it, but if I stay trapped in this little, this little circle, this little sphere, I wouldn't understand how good I could be, how, like how, what I could offer people. Because each conversation I have with somebody who's different than me makes me think a little bit differently. And I feel like that's invaluable for me being able to have an intelligent conversation with somebody who doesn't think like me, but allows me the open-mindedness to have my opinion swayed. Like what you're saying is like, well, maybe I actually don't think like that, even though I thought I always have. Because you just need those different perspectives and you need that yeah. light to shine on you in a little bit different way instead of always hitting me from the right side, maybe hitting me from the left side or straight on or from underneath or from overhead or from behind. Like I need to, I need to feel those different aspects of life. And there's nobody, I shouldn't say there's nobody, yeah. there's not enough voices that are saying, go out and just be with the people. Like, no, don't, don't follow explore. me. You know, Go explore people and humanity on its own. Yeah. You know, uh, one element that can transform us very quickly, very rapidly, all of us, is first of all, recognize that we are noble being. We are created noble. Nobility means that when we are born, we are born with a lot of gems inside us. Those are virtues, those are qualities that we have all been endowed from the moment that we are born. We are full of gems of great value. These gems are all present in all of us. And when we talk to each other, our attention should be, I wonder what is the unique gem that shines particularly to that person, in that person, what is the quality of that person that is bringing another light to my life, another perspective to my life. And when we look at each other as noble beings, we don't look at ourselves to each other as strangers as other, but as part of a coherent design for education, humanity. We are here as students and the world is our school. We 
students of a big, big, big school in which we live, school of humanity. And each of these human beings has a quality that is shining in them. Particularly, they have many, many qualities, but one, each person is endowed with a unique talent and quality. Jewish people call it tikkun olam. That means that you are created to bend a corner of the universe. You have qualities that you can actually mend a corner of the universe. That means that each one of us, we have a treasure inside us that has to be expressed, has to be expanded, but also has to be shared with other people. So we have a lot of contribution to bring to the better civilization. And our contribution is unique. It's like a, a, a puzzle. Everybody brings their piece. And when you are not bringing your piece, that puzzle never, never finishes. And everybody is so sad that we build a puzzle, but I lost few pieces here and there. So sorry, the eyes of that beautiful painting is missing because that person did not bring their contribution to what they were given as a duty, as a gift. They were creating by the almighty, the creator of heavens and earth. <laughs> he gives us each one a talent and skills or abilities or a gem of quality. And as you know, I lived with the pygmies in the jungles of Africa. 13 years in Africa where my children were born. And you would not believe they have never been to universities, the pygmies. They have not even seen the white man. But when we went there to visit them, they had such a beautiful love and knowledge of the environment in which they live. Their knowledge was astonishing. And you know that we felt sick. Instantly, they knew exactly how to give you the healing from the herbs and from the trees that are around. They knew perfectly the environment. The knowledge was far greater than any medical doctors that you can imagine because they had the knowledge of the environment in which they live, the nature in which they live. And so each one of us, we are endowed with a lot of knowledge and capacities, but we forget. And sometimes we devalue ourselves and we become depressed because we do not value ourselves. And many people, we unfortunately have reached a point in which we are always comparing ourselves to the superstars in the TVs, in the movies, and they are the standard and I am not the standard. And therefore I become very depressed because I don't have enough likes at Facebook. We, we lost the connection of what is reality and fake. And we have become more attracted to the fake than to the reality because our heart is like a mirror. If you turn it to the material world, it becomes completely consumed with the material world. If you turn it to heavenly world, to spiritual world, to the world of knowledge and beauty, of oneness, of unity, of peaceful, of elements that would enlighten us, then our heart becomes more divine in the spiritual sense, in the, in the positive sense, that we become more illumined to do things that are of value to our environment, to our humanity. So it depends how much we turn our heart to whatever. And that's what's very important is that 
as uh, we are almost finishing our timing here, is <laughs> we should be turning our heart as quickly as possible to heavenly things, to things that we love, that are going to lift our soul, our spirit, because the gems, we have it. We are noble people. We have been created noble. So why should we abase ourselves? There's no reason. We have been given everything, the love of God. Look, in the morning you wake up and the sun is shining for you, for free. You don't pay even for that. You, are, you have the air, oxygen in the air, the fresh air. It's all free. The water, the sun, the mountains, everything, the views, the, the beautiful, everything, the birds that are singing for you. Go and enjoy it. Realize that all this gift is for us to get learning, education. By the way, every element in nature is actually a counterpart of one of the spiritual realities that we will encounter in the next world. I am a strong believer of the next world, like many people who have faith. We know that this world is only a school. We are here just to learn enough spiritual qualities so that when we go into the next world, we are ready for our journey in the next world. And we will have a special session and we'll talk about the journey in the next world. But basically the qualities that we acquire in this world are qualities that are necessary. We will need those qualities because this life uh, can live up to let's say 100 years, 90, 100 years, but this is just a short time in the eternal life that I will have to come afterwards. So I have to prepare myself for the eternal world, not because it's done only for that purpose. No, as I practice love, friendship, unity, I acquire knowledge and tools that will be skills that I learn in this world that will help me to grow and develop in the next world. Because in the next world, we all have a lot of work to do. This world is just a launching of the rocket. Once the rocket is gone, the universe is becomes 10 times, millions of times, billions of times bigger. And the discoveries that we'll have to make in the next world are going to be, and the beauty is that we all see each other again. We will all know each other. We will be talking to each other. And we don't want to have anybody to tell us, you hurt me. You cheated me in my business. You remember? Because that forever and ever will stay with us. And we don't want that. So therefore, we know that I cannot break the heart of somebody in this world. I cannot do harm in this world because I am going to pay for it. <laughs> There's accountability in the creation. You get so much gift that you receive the sunshine for free. Okay, but you have to pay for <laughs> The pay is you act properly, prepare yourself for a journey that is even more beautiful, a, a world of light that will help you to grow and better. So I'm so pleased. Thank you so much for offering this time. I'm going to hop in. I'm going to hop in for one second because like this is, this is something that I've, I've said since I was a teenager. Um, I, I really feel like everybody on this planet is an expert at something. It's just, we've really narrowed down what we value experts as like your analogy, like with like, with like sports. Well, you know, if you only play these top five sports, you're 
then that makes you a great athlete, but there's thousands of sports and there's even thousands more that could have been created. Like, like I always say to people, I, I remember one time on TSN, I seen a watermelon seed spitting contest from the Southern States. And I was like, there's the proof in the pudding. Like I have no ambition to be, you know, good at spitting watermelon seeds. However, there's these people that find great value in competing to be great at that, but we need outlets for these things. And this is one of the problems that I've found with technology. So we've, we've allowed this massive amount of technology into our lives to make our lives easier. But I feel like it's been a disservice to people generally because it's not that we needed to make our lives easier. It needed to be able, we needed technology to be able to connect us with our value more. So like there's been a, a lot of life that's been eliminated out of the quest for easier, um, not as hard on us, you know, but there's some people who found great value in some of these jobs that other people did and felt like they needed to be eliminated because they could be done more efficiently, you know, time-wise, cost-wise, you know, like, um, you know, like all these different things, but like we've eliminated so many ways that people have found their value in just like sports, we've now narrowed down life and is saying you should be successful at this. And a prime example of this is in the United States when um, a lot of these jobs were, you know, being lost to technology and they still are and they're saying, well, now you can be a coder. And the argument was like, well, what about a truck driver who doesn't want to be a coder? Where it doesn't know how and like these you know, like these people were arguing back in so like well that's not the be all end all yes there might be a ton of jobs for coders but i'm not a coder if i have to wake up every day and force myself to love being a coder i'm not going to be happy my my mental health my physical health my overall life quality has gone down so technology has been a disservice to this person and there's been a there's there's hundreds of millions of people on this planet where technology is actually being a disservice to them because we were not using technology or like technology is not being used to be able to promote what we individually are the best at. It's done a better job of eliminating possibilities of what we can be great at and has now forced us into this avenue of you should be great at one of these very few things. Like a, a great example of this also is that if you can't sit in a cubicle for eight or 10 or 12 hours a day in front of a computer and go to hundreds of pointless meetings to be able to get this 125, $150, $200,000 a year job that you've gone for you know, years of education to be able to just struggle your way through this, you're not successful. Well, why, why is that? Like, I can't sit in a cubicle for eight hours a day. I can't sit in a box or an office for four hours a day. Like, I just, there's not that in me, you know? And like, this is where he's saying like, well, there's a lot of people, there's 7 billion people on this planet. Are we focused on creating 7 billion different options for these 7 billion people to be extremely successful emotionally, physically, like they feel very connected with loving themselves. They have value. And I, I see this all the time. I, I spend a lot of my time in the back country, disconnected from the world with teams of people that I organize. And I was in the back country last weekend with six people, you know, it's, you know, cold, you know, you're, you're snowshoeing in, 
you got all this gear because you know it's going to be minus 10, minus 15 at night. You know, there's going to be very little woods. You're trekking in with like all of these things. And we woke up in the morning and, you know, we're standing around this fire, you know, like preparing our breakfast. And I said to one of the people there, I'm like, you know, the one thing that I really love about this moment right now is it's taken almost two hours for six adults to eat breakfast. And normally we could have shoved this down in five minutes at home. You know, me, like how many of us would have picked up our phones by now? Or, you know, how many times had all six of these adults been participating in the same conversation or, you know, to a certain point, like, you know, the, our, the ring around our fire because it was in the snow, like it was probably 12 feet in diameter around. Never mind, it melted through the snow. So we're like, you know, 11 feet down, 12 feet wide. There's one wow. person shoveling stairs into this thing. So, you know, we can get in and out. There's another person cutting down a tree. There's another person bucking up that tree to create wood. There's another person building and constructing the fire. There's other people, get, a person getting food ready, but it takes this huge effort. But man, that food tastes good. Like I'll always remember those moments. I'll always use them as an example of how I felt whole as a human being and how I felt connected with other human beings on this planet. And this is where to me, it's like, yes, we could have brought a chainsaw, you know, but as we're hacking down this tree and my forearm can't hold on to this hatchet anymore. So another guy has to hop in and he's getting his swings. Then we're both rocking this tree back and forth. And like, you know, then we get it down and we're hauling it on our shoulders and we're climbing up this mountain and falling in the snow. It's like, technology has eliminated all those moments, but I'll always remember those. I'll always feel connected with those people and those moments. And this is where I, like, I feel like I, we, there's a big grassroots movement to the human experience that a lot of people are missing yeah. out on. And a lot of that to me is, you know, like yeah. when I talk about like going back into like communities and spending time with people. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, learning from each other, sharing with each other, uh, each other and discovering, looking at people and asking ourselves, what is the quality that is shining through this person? If we look with this positive view of people, with this positive attitude, the people will feel our love and suddenly a light will shine in them. And suddenly people are transformed and they feel the transformation. You feel the transformation and there is an ever continuous trust that is built between human beings. <laughs> and I feel that this, I would say, this is the only message for today is let's look at each other as shining lamps, brilliant stars that are shining, looking at each other and seeing how we can support each other, how we can help that we can help each other and be each other, more compassionate because that comes back to us. What you put there comes back to you. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. If you put good positive vibes outside, these vibes will come back to you. And together you feel, wow, that was a beautiful experience. Absolutely. 
Anyway, since we're wrapping up, I look forward to more of this podcast. And yeah, yeah, I was just going to say the only last last um, note that I want to add real quick is the is the age old saying that I go ahead. No, no. The age-old saying that I always try to live my life by, and I always try to say this and communicate this to other people too, is um, exactly what you were saying. The simplest version of that is the grass is always greener where you water it. <laughs> I love that. This is so right. So yeah. right. And watering it is sharing that love, that relationship, and building it and seeking it. You know, seeking to build relationship with people in a way that we see, look at them as bringing spiritual value to us. When we talk to people, if we can talk to their spirit, not to their brain, because human beings, we are unfortunately coming to the point in which we are talking always in the mental and not from our heart. And then when we don't talk from our heart, we are not able to break the barriers. We have our own vulnerabilities. We are humans. Yeah, absolutely. Language, heart, are meeting together. So time has come, and COVID has helped us so much in that. It has, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sohail. Are we there? Yeah. Sohail, do I got you? Sorry, I lost you. Okay. So I got you back. Yeah, okay. We, we lost we each other. Lost but it, it was lovely. It was great, Blake. And we, we, if you allow me, I will ask some of my friends who have different concepts, ideas, notions, experiences. They can come in and we can continue. Now, I, I have taken some of my um, uh, subject from a book called Ruhi, R-U-H-I dot org. Okay. And I'm taking some of the concept there that uh, I believe in, very lived in and practice. And we will start slowly to introduce some of this concept that enrich our soul, our spirit, and makes us stronger so we can live a better life and better mental condition and <laughs> pass on that COVID and go beyond it. I very much look forward to it, very okay. much so. Take care and Thank have you, a sir. wonderful Have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.